everybody welcome to the 307th edition of the holy backboard podcast i am dustin here in rip city and i got my man sage chilling live and direct already did one podcast this week talking about the upcoming season so i'm actually warmed up and ready to talk about actual players and games in 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 the podcast i was in with tara i forgot who killian hayes was i like i had all of these really important points i was trying to talk about that i just forget people's names that i'm trying to like highlight so it was a it was a good warm up you're you're being way too hard on yourself you are saying you're upset that you forgot about the detroit pistons fourth or fifth guard who probably will not get a second contract with that franchise i i don't think the listeners will They'll, they'll be upset that you forgot about Killian. No disrespect to Killian. I, I'm sure well, he's a very nice person, but it was it was about the rhythm of shooting. Because even in Killian's prime, he wasn't hitting catch and shoots because he has bad rhythm. But he can pull up. He can do the pull up because he has the rhythm for pull ups. So I was trying to talk about you know the different types of shooting and how that affects their rhythm. And I was like, who's that Detroit Pistons backup point guard? Not Cade. Obviously not Cade. Killian and I'm like oh god I'm rusty I'm so rusty it, it it's we took a nice break this summer I feel so good about it believe we only did like two podcasts we did the summer league recap and then we had Tara on uh in September to kind of get the you know, you kind of you know how you go back into the gym after a while and put up a couple jumpers that's kind of what that felt like you know okay like I see a basketball court. It's a sunny day. Let's go put up some shots. And you're like, okay, a few of them went in. You know, you still got it. And so um, I was walking today with Olga. We do our, you know, we do a long walk every Sunday. And I was like, really jazzed about recording this season preview episode. It is actually year number eight of the Holy Backboard what? with me and <laughs> <We're> you. <old. laughs> we started doing this on a regular basis going into that 2015-2016 season. We all remember Portland projected to win 23-26 games. They win 40-plus. They go to the second round of the playoffs. Uh, that opening night was actually CJ McCollum's coming out party dropped like 30 plus on your New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah. You were in the gym, as was I. And I, I think I tweeted something like three beers deep. I'm ready to podcast. Let's get it. And that was my pinned tweet for like five years yes. because it, <laughs> it just personified the, everything. And uh, so I was like, wow, we've really been we've been here like eight years. This I remember is- I said on this show, CJ McCollum is going to be Aaron McKee. I'm like, damn, I was so wrong on this, the the future sixth man of, you know, like Aaron McKee in 2001, sixth man of the year. He, he, he had a role on a contending team. I thought that was going to be CJ, and I was so wrong. And me well, talking we, about... If we want to talk about being wrong, you gave me a choice to say which Blazer not oh, in game could be an all-star. And I was... Uh... It's like, oh, Myers, for sure. Like, I I had just, I thought he had it. He had a really good Memphis series, like CJ did. I thought CJ would be good, too, but I was like, I fell hook, line, and sinker for the big man who could choose the three. So we're, we all have our faults. You know, no no one is uh, is perfect, but it's fun to look back and 
see what you got right, what you got wrong, and, you know, never take it too seriously. Later on in this episode, we will actually break down the West 1 through 15. We will also say who we believe will meet in the Western Conference Finals, as well as the Eastern Conference Finals, the NBA Finals, and crown uh, a holy backboard preseason champion from myself, as well as you. Uh, It's you know, we'll get into that, but I definitely spent quite a bit of time and it it is difficult. I think it is a crapshoot this year. And I think there is a, I think that's one of the reasons I have some optimism in terms of enjoying this season. I think one, one thing uh, about being a Blazer fan or an Oregon sports fan in general is you do kind of get caught up in uh championship or bust mentality. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Oregon football has been almost to the top of the mountain twice and the blazers with 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 clyde and then with rashid and pippen like it's so close and so you want to witness that championship and you kind of lose focus on why you watch sports like sometimes it's just to sit there for three hours and just enjoy that moment and so that's what turn the brain off and watch the game yeah that's what i'm trying to recapture this year it's just did I have fun watching this game? Did they win? That's awesome. Like, let's just be happy for the night. Don't worry too much, you know, about, about the future because chances are the Blazers aren't going to win the championship anytime soon. The Ducks aren't going to win the championship anytime soon. But did I have fun watching that comeback against Washington State? Absolutely. Right. So just enjoying the game. And, and I think the Blazers, they did something different. And I'm excited about what that different roster is going to look like. You know, we all knew that Neil Olshay left that cupboard pretty damn bare, both for the interim and the future in terms of assets. And there wasn't some magic formula or equation that Joe Cronin could could go out there and and put on a whiteboard and and suddenly say, yes, this is championship material. That, That just wasn't realistic. But what he could do is put together a nice mix of, veterans and young talent and something different than we've seen other than the past eight years right which we have the holy backboard era essentially and you know we're going to see what 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 shakes out um i think it's also nice that we have certain expectations like i think just making the sixth seed and above would be a fantastic season for the blazers right like there there's no like fuck this team has to get out of the second round they have to get to the finals like there there is no yeah there is no just like burden of winning it's let's play some fun basketball let's do things a little bit differently let's try and play some defense let's throw some lobs let's get the crowd involved like let's just switch it up and that that's really what what i am excited about um sage did you do anything uh different that this summer um, I know you took quite a long, quite a bit of a break away from from basketball in general. How did you spend your summer? And you know, are you looking forward to this season? So I organized the 29th uh, multicultural fair in in Medford, and that took about all of my time. And I, I learned a lot about you know working with people that are in a different age generation than me. And the the frustrations and how you have to really, really explain why what you're trying to tell them is important. So it was really just like a work experience of just trying to communicate with, you know, other organizers, volunteers, people that in the community, 
trying to raise awareness and get funds for the Medford Multicultural Fair. And it was actually probably one of the biggest successes. Um, I was in charge of the entertainment in terms of like stage managing. And, you know, when, you, it's, when you're an entertainer and especially doing like a community event where your community goes to you, you expect there to be like people taking extra time. But because I was the stage manager, I ran that. I ran it so tight that we had 40 minutes of time to, uh, you know, you know, if they want to take five extra, if they want to take 10 extra, it's OK. Everybody's going to have their fair share of time. But when I was in charge, we ran a strict, strict time. And then we ended early because we ran out of entertainers. And I'm like, you know what? That's how you're supposed to do entertainment. You're supposed to stick to that time that everybody agreed to, and we did it, and it was very successful. And I think this was the first time that I ever got a sunburn in September because it was so damn hot in, in Medford uh, a week ago. But it was a very big success. I'm very happy about it, but I'm very glad to not deal with organizing a community event because that is a lot of pressure on you, and you're not making enough money. You're not don't have the resources you need. It's a very tough thing to do, but it's my legacy now. I've been involved in it my entire life. I've organized it for the last four. So this is this is what I've been doing. So the break from basketball was was pretty great because I, I was busy. But you know, t- doing Tara's podcast yesterday, I was like, okay, I'm 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 back in the swing of talking and thinking about basketball because that's what I'm what we do from October to to hopefully July, but. So I'm excited about it. I have I have expectations that we're going to be fun. I hope that we do certain things. But you brought up something just now that I brought up on Tara's show, but I really wanted to save it for a discussion with you. You said there's not a very good chance of us winning a championship this year with this current roster, right? Yes. Like So less than 1%. I think like 5% max. That we win a championship this year? I mean, five percent is very low. Very low. Well, I, I did. Okay. So my question is, what is our percentage chance of Shaden Sharps reaches his peak? How much does that percent go up of us winning a championship? If Shaden Sharp is tr- gets all the develop he needs, create has dribble moves where he can get to his own spot, he can run the offense because of his athleticism and his skill and his versatility. What is a, the percentage chance that we win a chip if Shaden Sharp is the Shaden Sharp that we dream about? How long does it take him to get there? I mean, his entire career. I mean, again, that that basketball it, it team sport, right? Five on five, and then you have to have a bench. You have to have depth. You have to have players that not only are, are good on the court, they're good off the court. They've got chemistry. Like it, it really just depends on the roster. Oh, um, totally, it does. But I, I he's the number one so, guy. So championship is is hard to say because you need all of that. Now, yeah, could, could we be the Boston Celtics with Jason Tatum? Could we be the Clippers with Paul George? Could we be the Brooklyn Nets with with Kevin Durant? That type of contending team. I think if he hits, you know, you're looking greater than a coin flip, like mm-hmm. over fifty percent. Like those type of players, those archetypes. That runs the current NBA. Like you're six, 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 seven, can dribble pass, shoot, defend, crazy athletic, uh, make it happen. Like you're essentially Damian Lillard plus height plus defense. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like, so think of how good Damian Lillard is and what he's meant if if Sharp is able to do that and then some. Yeah, it's it's going to be greater than fifty percent. And I think if you're Portland, and one of the reasons I, I love the the pick of Shaden Sharp is it felt very San Antonio Spurs like when they had David Robinson and he had all of those great teams with the, with Sean Elliott and Willie Anderson and Rod Strickland and. You know, then they kind of he got injured and they they ended up winning striking gold. They get Tim Duncan and they start building the Tim Duncan era back up. And, you know, obviously they win championships with Manu and Tony. But then they they take this kid out of San Diego State. They trade a good piece in George Hill at the time and they get Kawhi Leonard. And then Kawhi Leonard starts to, you know, mm-hmm. take that torch from Tim Duncan. So I don't know what the percent is, but what I hope is is that when Dame is ready to hang it up, that there is a willing and capable and able person to take that torch from Dame. And, and, and hopefully it is Shaden Sharp because you, like like Damian Lillard said, even when, it, when the draft was happening, I was the sixth pick. Shaden is the seventh pick. Like Portland doesn't have a lot of lottery picks. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with being a high pick in this organization. So you would hope that, whenever it's time like he's ready and hopefully we start to see glimpses of that um but that's really why i I love that pick because you hopefully you can start to have that that lineage that san antonio was so successful in cultivating uh down in the alamo yeah because i guess championship is you know it's a lot of luck it's a lot of it's it's so much i I think luck plays more than 20 percent in any title but I, I think that Shaden Sharp, if he hits that peak, is going to be like one of those transcendent wings. Isn't that why you draft him, though, right? Yeah. Ex- well, we could have gone safe there, but we, we took that risk. You got you, If you are a small market like Portland, you have to go big or go home. Well, uh, I think well, that it's any team outside of that, that isn't like a top five media market needs to do. Like Indiana absolutely could have gone Shaden Sharp there and... I wouldn't have blamed them at all. Like, you got to take that explosive talent. Like, we know who the third pick was. I don't think that he has the ceiling that Shaden Sharp does at all. Like, Keegan Murray might be safer, but he ain't going to win the San Fr- the Sacramento Kings a chip because he's safe. They're going to compete for the 10th spot because he's safe. But if Shaden Sharp becomes that elite transcendent wing that he actually has the ability to, it's going to help our team quite a bit. If Justice Winslow is taking Shaden Sharp's minutes, I'm going to be extremely annoying on social media for for a while. Like, this should be Shaden's show. This should be Shaden's show. What are we doing? You know what Justice is. You don't know what Shaden is. You You need to cultivate him. You need to develop him. I love him. I think his dribbling's bad. He needs to learn how to dribble and do playmaking stuff. He needs to have that. So if you're trying to make him as good as possible, you might have to take some L's or have a negative rotation when he's there because he's learning. He's 19 years old. He's learning how to play basketball at this level. But if he learns and goes from Clay Thompson dribbling to Paul George, man, we're talking about something extremely, extremely special. So, Matt, who do you think? Who would you? If you were the coach, you know Dame Ant, Jeremy, Yusuf. That those are your four starters. Who are you starting at small forward? 
is everybody cool with coming off the bench? There's no ego issues. You're the coach. You I'm, I'm going to Nasir just because he doesn't need the ball and can create his own with his his uh his athleticism and his desire. He can create stuff. He doesn't need the ball in his hands. I feel like Josh Hart is kind of too skilled for sitting in the corner and playing your ass off defensively. And then if you get the open shot, you take it. I think Josh Hart should probably be there in the second unit to help be that that secondary playmaker. Like if it's Josh Hart, Shaden Sharp, and, and Ant, you got three capable ball handlers or two capable ball handlers and a guy that you hope is. So I, I would go Nasir as a starter. But there might be times where it's just like, you know what? No, I was going to say there might be matchups where Josh Hart is better. But I I, I, I think that Nasir, as long as we're not depending on him to be a knockdown shooter, is going to be the, the better guy. Because the small forward position is loaded. There's not going to be that many games where it's like uh, the small forward is just chilling in the corner. Nah, we need we need... We need him to guard those Jason Tatum's and those Kevin Durant's that we we're talking about, and Andrew Wiggins and all those wings and Edwards. There's a lot of those wings out there, and not that many people that have the potential to defend them. So I would go to Nasir. I might get fired, but I would start Shaden Sharp. And oh my here, god! Here's my here's god! Why. <laughs> here's why. Nate McMillan in the summer of 2008 made a brilliant decision to start. 18-year-old Nicholas Batum. He played him about five to seven minutes at the start of the first and the start of the third. Now, I would give Shaden a little bit more run in those second and fourth quarters, but I we we both agree. It's who finishes the game that, that matters. And for all of your reasons, I think Josh Hart should come off the bench as well. Uh, I think he is someone you can get, get him the ball and say, get us a bucket. You can get in the ball, make a play. Like he could lead that second unit in the backcourt. Nasir Little would be my my one B uh, because he plays so well off of Damian Lillard, and he does bring the energy and he he does hustle his ass off. Um, the shooting is where I would. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dude. I, I think I, I like your explanation more than mine. So go so, off, King. So if if we truly want. For for Shaden to get there, and he's he's working and working in practice. He's proving that he deserves some minutes. I'm playing him. I'm developing him. There's not going to be the burden for him to come in and be the second unit scorer or even be the first, you know, two or three options in, in the first unit. He's going to play with Damon Ant, who are going to draw a lot of attention from the defense. He's going to play with a willing passer in Yusuf Nurkic. Jeremy Grant likes to cut, so I just feel like there are a lot of movement and spacing and opportunities for Shaden, not just to sit in the corner, but, I mean, we're watching these training camp clips, and he's dunking everything. And, yes, I know it's clips, but it's nice to still see off-ball movement, something we saw from Nasir, uh, especially his rookie year. He had that chemistry with Dame. Like, I would love to see what Shaden can do just as an athlete. You know, it's almost reminiscent of when Jerome Kersey got brought up to the Blazers and he was just drafted as an athlete. Now, I know Shaden has the skill set, but Kersey developed that jump shot. He was a menace on the break. Like he got the crowd involved. Like one of the main reasons the Blazers were not good last year is they just could not protect home court. Like and Portland just for a long time has not been an exciting team on the break. They haven't really gave the, the fans a reason to get up out of their seats. 
And defensively, it, it seems like they haven't been able to stop, you know, anything. So mm-hmm. that obviously quiets the crowd in an instant. I think, you know, you mentioned it, I think on a couple of podcasts ago, Shaden Sharp could be our second best wing defender right yeah. now. So if if it starts terribly, if he gets two quick fouls, no big deal. You've got Josh Hart. You've got Nasir Little. Yeah, like, I, don't, I, I love this idea. I love it. I love it. You know, when I posted about how I think Shane Sharp's great, I got ridiculed. But I didn't know that you chilling that chilling there in your home is like, oh no, I'm gonna show him something. Shane Sharp yeah. or Smarty Smalls forward. I love it. I think it's great ideas. That's that that's my yeah, guy. No, like, it's I great. Am, no, I, I agree excited. with you. You're right, I'm wrong. So I yeah, you're 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 the one that's correct. Do you like my new Steps of Sonic t shirt? I was gonna say I like, I like I like the, yeah, the, the first hip hop band, man. Yeah, that just proves that I'm old as hell. But yeah, I love your idea. Another reason that I'm excited to watch this team. Now they may not win, that they, they may lose, but I'm I feel like we're going to be entertained watching this team play. And I feel like for the past couple of years we have not been entertained watching the same show on repeat like like a really bad rerun that we've seen a million times like we're going to see something different so i just got an idea i think that you're talking about making the team more exciting especially on the break right do you think that there's a chance that terry shots didn't do it and chauncey billups didn't do it because damian lillard struggles playing super fast like that set that that transition game i don't where so you know me. I'm uh, I'm a '90s kid. I I grew up with the '90s Blazers. I watch a '90s Blazers YouTube game at least once a month. More in in the off season. The reason that team was so fantastic on the break is because of their defense and their rebounding. Buck Williams grabbed every rebound, and after they got the ball, their, their athletes on the wings they just booked it, and, and they knew the ball was coming to them. Being a fast break team isn't just like, oh, we have athletes. Oh, we're going to do it here. We're going to do it there. It's a, it's a mentality. It is a mindset. And for so long, the Blazers did not have the ability to consistently get stops on the defensive end of the floor and turn, you know, those those points in the defense into offense. And we, we would always talk about the fast break points like Portland's dead last in the mm-hmm. basket points they're not taking any chances defensively now I, I think terry stotts's defensive philosophy played into that but that's also because of the roster that he was dealt that he s- decided to just be a competitive team they had to play conservative drop coverage you know not take any chances type of defense and just pray that you can outscore them because you have damian lillard and cj mccollum and at times lamarcus aldridge now i think they started to joe cronin really kind of addressed that and what i was really excited about was was the addition of gary payton the second and it was why i was excited about Derek jones jr as well and that just that that didn't work again and i think you need more than just one player but i think they're starting to realize that hey our style of play over the past eight years like yeah we made one western conference finals but for the most part, we have to kind of change the way we're, we have to we have to take defense seriously. We have to do some things a little bit differently. We went out, they got Jeremy Grant, who's a you know athletic, capable defender. Um, 
we don't know what we're going to get right from Damon Ant. Dame's been hampered by an, an oblique injury. Could, could that have played a role into it? Possibly. Could that have played a role in Dame wanting to slow the pace down a bit? Possibly. But Dame to me is a player who, and we saw it with CJ. If CJ's hot, he'll let him cook. So if he sees something's working, he's going to let it roll. And so hopefully the player that I'm, that I'm excited is Gary Payton II. And, and I really want to see him get out there and be that perimeter defender, lock some guys down, get the crowd involved, you know, steal. I mean, he had so many highlight dunks last season with Golden State. Like every every game he was either doing a reverse, a windmill, catching a lob. Like I also think lob passes in the half court, like Dame has to get better with that. It can't just be Ant or Josh Hart. Like Dame has to improve there because you do have these athletes now. And that's one of the reasons Derek Jones Jr. didn't succeed in Portland is because Nobody could throw him a lot. Nobody. Well, I think that his the the Terry Stott scheme was just so. This is how you're supposed to play. He still made. I watched him like make cut and like you could see him just like kind of get dejected because the players just they either they weren't used to throwing a lob or used to looking for cutters because maybe that's what the system was. But DJ moved, and, and I yeah, know uh, no, I, I think that Neil O'Shea and Terry Stott didn't communicate about what their scheme and ideas were, and it made DJ look foolish it was a mismatch I, in heaven i think i think that with with uh dame if we don't push the pace it's because dame's saying i'm not good i let's not do this because i remember in new orleans wanting chris paul to push pace push pace and monty williams did it for like 10 games and then we just saw chris paul get so tired doing this fast paced thing so if if we get to pushing the pace and attacking fast breaks and then we stop, it's because Damian Lillard, it's too much. Doing that type of pace is too much on Dame. So, but I, I think that it makes sense with the players and athletes that we have to to definitely be aggressive defensively to try and get those easy steals and mom- momentum busting plays, but. I think there's it's gotta also, be those two guards pushing. I think it. there's also a difference between pushing pace and being um finding your opportunities to run. And I'm more in the finding your opportunities to run camp. Like you get a steal, let's go. You you get a deflection, you're going down there. Like I think you can kind of take your time after a made bus uh, after a made a basket. Like we're not looking to be the seven seconds or less suns mm-hmm. where you're taking the ball out of the net and you're running up and down the court. Like I, I don't think that's necessary to that level. But what I want to see is hands in passing lanes, taking a couple chances, um, blocks, and you know going down, throwing those lobs, um, just finishing at the rim, getting to the foul line, like getting easy buckets. Because we just never did that ever. It, it just was not part in of the, the Dame era. I don't think we've ever been good at free th- getting free throws because. Who, who generates it besides Dame? Yeah. And I think Dame would benefit from playing a little bit quicker in the open court. Like who's a better shooter really than maybe Steph, right? Like Steph is so good at just like, oh, you're going to play off me on the break. I'm just going to pull up like mm-hmm. that. That's a good look for Dame. That's something that you should want. And, and, and Ant. Because well, I think his I, full I, of I abilities. Alluding are... to like, you've got your $100 million man in Anthony Simons. Like, I think it's time for him to take a larger role on, on the team. I, I know Dame is going to be healthier. He is 32 years old, going to be 33 next summer, has a lot of mileage on those tires. He doesn't need to be playing 36, 38 minutes a night. Like he, he you really have to lean on Anthony to 
to be that player that he was last season when, when Dame was out. Like you, you invested a lot. You believe in Anthony. So lean on him, get, give him a little bit more responsibilities. Like if we want Dame to last, we need to not run him into the ground. And if it costs us two or three wins, so be it. But if he's able to play, you know, two or three more years, that's worth it. Yeah. You take that trade off. And so that's why I'm looking for, you know, Josh Hart to play a little bit more, you know, obviously Gary Payton is going to get up there. Um, Jeremy Grant, like you're probably not going to get your 18 shots a night, like you did in Detroit, but there's going to be nights where you're going to be the feature piece, you know, Yusuf as well. Like, I think you have to really lean in to this team concept. And I'm not saying Dame's not a team player. That's the, the opposite of it. But too many times we've been in games because it's just Dame's bailing us out. And that, that if that is what we're seeing early on, you know, we can, we can call it a wrap and just, you know, hit the fast forward button on the season because it's not sustainable. Like the key for this blazer team to have success is for everyone to just to buy in, embrace their roles, and you know, just take a little bit of that burden off of Dame. Doesn't have to be all of it, but he 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 needs a lighter load. Yes, but I think that if we're going to be good at all, Damian Lillard needs to be the alpha of the team, and his the way that he bends the defense is going to be the reason that Jeremy Grant shines or Yusuf or Ant or Shaden Sharp, who's going to start or, or Nasir. It's because of how dynamic of a player Damian Lillard is that those players get those easy shots to be the best that we can be. We have to empower Dame and make it easiest for him. So if there's games where he can just chill, let's do that because he's caring. He's going to be carrying a big ass load of the offense this year. I mean, that, that, that's been the thing since he's been the man in Portland is he's going to be the one that does the, the breaking and bending of the defense. It's not going to be Amphrey Simons who doesn't go into the paint much. It's not going to be Nasir or Shaden right now because they're not great dribblers. Like the reason this offense is going to be successful is because of Damian Lillard. So let's do our best to protect Damian Lillard for the long run. I, I feel like Blazers fans right now are really short terming what they want from this team like we have to win games we have to emphasize winning games i mean is there really a difference between the seventh and the eighth seed now no and there isn't if giving dame a lighter load lets him be more productive in the playoffs and if shane sharp getting more playmaking role this year helps him in the future to become that transcendent star i'm willing to take some losses in order to get that because i think shane sharp and his potential is worth that that investment of maybe when he's in, it's a net negative because he's learning how to break down the defense and he hasn't played competitive ball in two plus years. But I, I mean, I, th- I, I'm, I'm, I think we both agree that everybody has to take that that a little extra bit of responsibility. But the person who's stirring the drink, and I, I believe this is a Dustin Haas quote. Damian Lillard is the person that stirs the uh, Portland Trailblazers drink. That was from like 10 years ago. He is. And speaking of Dame, uh, there was an article written by Chris Haynes where he interviewed Dame. And and one of the reasons that he decided to not request a trade uh, last summer, 2021 last summer, was he wanted, you know, he he understood how close he was in, in the record books to being 
Mr. Trailblazer uh, to have his name atop all of the the leaderboards and the statistical categories and you know just doing some some rough math he's really close and he could achieve two major milestones this year uh, I believe he's what four five hundred points away from passing Clyde Drexler uh, as the all time leading scorer in franchise history um, you know Drexler had some really great quotes about Dame and also mentioned if the schedules lined up to be in attendance for that and that would be really That'd be awesome. Uh, that would be a nice touch, especially if it was a home game. But I also didn't realize he's only 800 assists away from uh, Terry Porter. And so that that could happen this year. It could, or it's a six or 800. It's one of those two, but it's it's less than a thousand. So he has a chance to get there at the end of the season or even at the beginning of next season. So um, there's going to be a lot of records that are going to, to fall that have stood for a long time and that Dame could maybe put out of reach for. Dude. decades generations <laughs> so so to speak and so um i do it's weird i go back and forth between thinking this is an important season and it's not as important as before uh, on one hand it's really important because i don't i think if dame breaks the records but the team just maybe they're ninth or tenth they don't even make the playoffs they lose in the play-in and they just don't show a lot of growth i think the father time could be telling him okay let's you, know, you got your records. You're going to be remembered forever here. Let's let's go win somewhere else. I, I still think that's a possibility. On the other hand, he did sign that mega contract. I, he doesn't seem like someone who wants to ask out. Like I think he's always going to be looking like, how can we improve? What can we do next? And on the other hand, maybe if you get bumped in the first round, but you showed some improvement, you liked what you saw from, you know, Nasir and Shaden, and you know, you basically got the whole crew coming back. Then, then I could see, you know, Dame being like, "Yeah, well, let's run it back." I feel healthier than ever. Like, we're gonna, we're gonna be fantastic. You know, just give ourselves another year. So, it, it's an important season, um, but I also think there is a, a realism in just how deep the Western mm-hmm. Conference is, um, and, and we will get into that in just a little bit. But it, it was, it was really difficult seeding those teams because not there's only a handful of teams that I, I could guarantee aren't going to be contenders. The rest, I mean, you could really. The Wemby, the, the, the people tanking for Wemby. What's that? The people tanking for the first pick overall. Yeah, there's there's only a couple tankers out there. The rest are, are going to go and, and really try and, and, and compete this year. But Sage, uh, I, I know we're spending a lot of time on, on Dame, but. Did, have you seen the statement jerseys the Blazers released that Dame supposedly uh, designed? I told Tara this is this looks like a jersey I can design on NBA 2K. Thank you, thank you. I know it's a sweet story that you know Dame art director designed it, and all I can think about is you know teams are under too much pressure by Nike and the NBA to create new jerseys when you're having to start to tell these types of stories. Like, love Dame, bless his heart don't quit your day job. Like the, the jerseys just aren't it. Like I, I so saw do you those. hate them. Cause I'm just in the meh. I don't care. I think compared to our previous, I mean, the blazers have one of the best home and away jerseys, just the, the classic jerseys are fantastic. And they've really hit it out of the park on some of the city and some of the, the statement jerseys in the past. Um, so I have a very high standard. Like you go back to the, the 2020 season when they had the, the classic, 77 red jerseys those were beautiful and they also had the city edition the cream with the, the cream roots. was probably my favorite those were fire and so then when you see just like 
oh, it's a pinwheel. And like, it just kind of looked like a practice jersey. Uh, to, to, to how, be... Do you know how many games were required to wear those jerseys? I mean, they're going to wear them on opening night. I know that for sure. Oh, okay. Um, I, I mean, dude, it, it's, 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 it's for me, and I, I, I wear black, gray, and those are the two colors because I don't wear white because I stain it. But like, like it, it, it feels like something that I could easily do in 2K. Yeah. I, I saw the design. I'm like, I'm not feeling it. I don't, I don't love it. Um, I think that they were doing the Dame thing to save face for producing med jerseys. And, and up in the, yeah, like up in that revenue. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, it's funny though. Like, this is Damian Lillard. You can't hate this. Damian Lillard is a great guy. You love him. Here's this meh shitty Jersey. Yeah, like if we, they wouldn't they they wouldn't connect the story if it was dope. They they just wouldn't. They'd be like, look at the look at what we designed, and Damien approves, obviously. But look at how dope this is. But that's not what they did. They were like, yo, your favorite player helped design it. It's a it's a game. It's a game, and it's obviously a, a game, man. We've talked about this damn team for eight plus years. So we we know it's a game, man. But I, I I mean like I I I know Blazers fans and their their desire and taste for aesthetically pleasing stuff. I knew that Dame wasn't going to be that that Dame ain't saving them from people saying that this is meh to bad. I mean, you've got Blazer fans who started an uproar because the the radio broadcast and TV broadcast crews weren't going to travel. And all of a sudden back, I mean, so th- this is a passionate fan base, like even the, the littlest thing, like no, no detail goes un- uncovered here in Portland. It's, it's, it's one of the gifts and the curses of kind of being uh, a small market mm-hmm. franchise where, you know, this, this is Portland. The, the trailblazers are, are the city. They are the state. They are the region. It's, it's the only basketball franchise until you, you know, South, to Sacramento and west to probably friggin' Minneapolis or Salt Lake Denver. City. So yeah, it's you know we're we're out here. We are the upper left coast, all of the way out here. And Sage, too bad Root Sports won't broadcast it to people that uh, like streaming instead of cable because who can afford cable these days? Anyway, there there is. So I've been contemplating. It's called like Evoca TV, and it's like thirty bucks a month. And it's based off of an antenna and it's just, it's a little receiver and antenna and you get a bunch of channels. I'm thinking about testing it out. Is it, does root appear? Yeah, on? there's, okay. yeah, you get, you get the thorns games, the blazer games, uh, the Mariner games. Um, Dude, I haven't watched a Mariners game in so long because of the blackout rules and I'm yeah. on NBA and uh, no, MLB TV. I'm, I, I picked the blue Jays this year as my team. And I I'm, I, first of all, I really like baseball. I've, I've, forgot how much I enjoyed the sport. So it, it's really the most wonderful time of the year for me. Like just got done watching some phenomenal women's basketball in the WNBA playoffs. Uh, so happy for the aces. Uh, Chelsea Gray is just a magician. Uh, the women, USA women just won uh, the, the FIBA tournament uh, defeating China. I believe it was Saturday night down in Sydney, Australia. You obviously have postseason baseball kicking off. Uh, this weekend, uh, you have NBA preseason. You've got, if you're into the NFL, the NFL starting. I like college football. College football is already like in week four, week five. So like, this is everything. Like this is the best time of the year. So I'm incredibly 
uh, happy that, you know, September and October are the calendars that have shifted, you know, summer turns into fall and I am ready to go. Before we go into our predictions, I do want to get to our fan questions that we have, Sage. This is from Hala at your boy. Between Keon, Trendon, and Jabari, which young player not named Shaden do you expect to show the most NBA? Do you expect to show the most glimpses of NBA star potential this year? I don't think any of them have star potential. You have to pick one, Sage. But That's the question. I, I think star is too high of a height for those three. But good player, sure. I uh, I, I think that... I have faith that Keon... It, I think Keon has improved a lot. But I would probably go with Jabari Walker showing the most as like a... I think Jabari has the best chance of being a good player out of those three. But I don't think that Jabari Walker will ever be a star. I think he'll be a good player. But star potential, like, there's not that many stars. So I don't think those those three players have star potential. But if Jabari Walker has the best chance of being a good NBA player. I have levels to my answer. Keon Johnson is the best player of the bunch, but because of Portland's guards depth, guards depth, he's not going to get a chance to show it this year for this team. I think Jabari Walker long-term is probably the best role player of the bunch. I I just think he's going to be solid. I don't know how much playing time he's going to get this year. Portland. Is he our fifth big? I, I, I don't Maybe, but the, the player I'm picking for this, I think Trent Watford is the one who's going to show the most this year because Portland has zero height. It's Nurk and that's it. So if Watford can beat out Drew Eubanks, he's the backup center. And he just is coming off of winning Summer League MVP. He's going to get an opportunity. That's the reason for my answer. It's like this year it's trending. Long-term, I think it's Jabari, but I, I still think the best basketball player of the bunch is Keon Johnson. I, I think, unfortunately for him, I think this is a bad situation for him to be in because what Portland has exists. already exists. Yeah. So um, I, I think he could be a mini Gary Payton the second. Yeah, uh, I think that Gary Payton the second is the most, like if we're talking about top end Keon Johnson outcome, Bruce Brown mittens. It's one of those two. It's They're the same archetype. But I think Keon Johnson has something that Gary Payton struggles with, and that's dribbling. I think that Keon Johnson has the ability to be a playmaker because he sure as hell did it in Tennessee with that god-awful spacing. So he, I, I, I've seen him do it. I've seen him be that. I'm driving to the hoop. If somebody helps, the ball's going there, and I'm not getting an assist because my teammates suck, but I'm going to pass it. So, yeah, I think he, I think Keon is the best player now. I think Jabari could be the best player later. I... I you know, I don't. I have a love hate with Trend and with watching him in LSU. I, I get yeah, it. He ain't my flavor. It. He just played really well in the summer. I was really impressed. But there were games where you were talking to me about how yes. not good he was. Yeah, he, got it to, <laughs> he, he put it together at the end. I, yeah. I give him like th- there's time, but also he's not going to have free reign to try and take. Oh, over absolutely, he is reined back. Yeah, so you so reel him back in, but. <laughs> When I but saw will him, he be good rain back in? That's the question I have. Yes, yeah, that's you're gonna be in the league or you're not gonna be in the league. 
not everybody gets the rock. Like you have to be able to when you get the rock. He's the, the tenth most option on the team. <laughs> or uh, eighth, I don't know. Question from Pete underscore normal on Twitter. Even our GM believes this team is not ready to contend for a championship. What conceivably available player or players do you think could get us to that tier? And who are you willing to give up to get them? Availability is the key on this one. Because right now there isn't a dearth of upset superstars. Kevin Durant agreed. You got to wait a couple of... I think he also is... like The question is like at a deadline. Like who, who are you going after? Or in the offseason. Do we have money to offer him? I, I mean, I know no, that we have no money. Yeah. No, I think we... we <laughs> this is our I, team. <laughs> this this is... Yeah. Neil Olshay made us... This is our team. If you make the playoffs, you're losing that draft pick to Chicago. But then we have it, right? If we make Yeah, but then you have it, but you don't want to do a Billy King and just give up your... No, whole no, 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 no. But we would have it next... In two years, right? If we get if 2025 is technically the so if we give it up, 2025 is the earliest pick we could trade. We have to make that pick. In oh, I'm not talking about trading, buddy boy. I'm talking about drafting. <laughs> I'm not trying to trade first round draft capital like it's nothing. Uh, I think it's through 2028 God, if we don't make the playoffs. But if we make the playoffs, then it's, it's gone. Ours free. And okay. we have ours forever. Until so we do something dumb. Until but, we do something dumb. God damn it, Robert Covington. Oh, Larry Nance. Uh, I did so much more work for uh, Robert Covington. That's why. But to answer his question, I don't think that that person's available. I think that if we had the assets, it would probably be a wing player. But, you know, it, 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 it all depends on how things shake out in the year to target someone. But I think that our best chance of getting a superstar is developing our young wings and guards in Ant, Nasir, and the the Shinchar. Yeah, that that's that's the answer. I, I don't know if anybody's going to like that answer, but that is the answer. The answer is internal development. It, it has to be that uh, you have to get that develop. You have to get that that boost from Ant that he can go All Star tier. You got to get that boost from Nasir that he can be starter tier. And, and say healthy. Yeah, and you got to get that boost from Shaden that he shows that superstar potential. Like you have to have assets to be out to to be able to go out there and get somebody who's ready to play right now. Like if you're another GM, you'd be like, well, Nasir keeps getting hurt, and obviously you're not trading Anthony. Obviously, you're probably not going to be trading Shaden Sharp. I mean, he, why, why would you just tank a season and then just say no? We're we're going to move you like. Kevin Durant's not on the market. Jason Tatum's not on the market. Like, you have to wait and see. So, like, this goes back to Would our you summer. move Shane Sharp for Pascal Siakam? No. Okay. No, pa- Pascal doesn't move the needle. Now, does Jason Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant? Yes. Yeah. They, they, they move the needle. So, like, we had this. But those discussion. guys are probably worth eight first-round picks that we don't have access to. <laughs> you know, we talked about this in the summer when, when – uh, during the draft, like when they were talking about like OG Ananobi, and I was like, OG Ananobi right now is the difference between maybe like the seventh seed and the fifth seed. Like it's not worth the price to pay to move up to. And spots. he gets hurt often too. So we might be rocking with Rondé Hollis Jefferson at the three while OG's recovering from whatever ails him. So Portland is is banking on 
I also think this, this can't be a one-year thing. We can't panic and say, Dame's 32. We have to do everything to, to just like win now. Like That's a bad philosophy. You have to believe, obviously, the organization does to some extent, that Damian Lillard has five more prime years left in him. Four, four to five. You give him all that money, there, there has to be a belief that he's got mm-hmm. that much left in the tank. You don't need to go out and just blow everything in year one. What you want to see now is gradual progress. You want to see how does Jeremy Grant fit in with this roster? Does Yusuf Nurkic have another tier? Can he go to all-star tier? Can he just be consistent? Can he be that beast he was in the bubble? Josh Hart is a fabulous player. How does he accept his role? How does he fit in with this team? How does GP2 fit in with this team, right? Like you Nasir Little is a lot more tradable if he plays 82 games at a high level. You have Jabari Walker, who you kind of stole in that draft. Can he become a valuable role player off of the bench? Like that's found if if Jabari Walker becomes what we expect him to become, that's found gold that we're not really even thinking of. If a guy getting paid, what was his pick? 50th, 58? They're, they're, the team's got their picks removed from him. He was the second to last pick in the draft. Yeah, so, so like he was a 56th, right? 56 and 57. Yeah. So he's not getting paid a lot. If he becomes a $7 million player, we're paying him pennies for the service that he provides us. So the inter- I think eternal development is where we find that star. There's just, we The cupboard is super bare. Like... Teams like New Orleans and teams like Oklahoma City and San Antonio, or like teams that are trying to improve, San Antonio shouldn't be on that list, but they can overpay on draft picks because they have a large supply. We you don't also, have that 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 ability to do so because we are so poor. You also have to look at it. Do you want to pay that? Like NBA trade assets are, I think, suffering. Uh, at the expense of inflation, just like we are at, at the mm-hmm. gas pump right now, right? The price is high. Did you see what it costs to get Donovan? Mm-hmm. Did you see what it costs to get Rudy Gobert, DeJounte Murray? You don't want to be paying top of the market prices like we did with Robert Covington. So you have to just wait for the price to come down for, for a bit too. So And we have to have the assets in order to make the... We aren't beating anybody's godfather offer. Nobody, like if OKC says, screw it, we're done tanking. Is anybody beating their godfather offer? Nah. If New Orleans says, you know what? Zion, CJ, Brandon Ingram made enough. Let's get us a superstar to go with them. We ain't beating that offer. So that, that's why my philosophy is just enjoy each game. Like it's this, this is the roster. Like hope, hopefully it's fun. Like just have fun. That That is the goal. Like I know that sounds cheesy and just, Maybe not what people want to hear, but I think after the past couple of years, like let, let's have some fun. Okay. Like 2020 was a, a nightmare, especially outside of basketball, but on the court, clearly injuries just ruined that post Western conference finals run 2021. The, the team just did not gel. The roster was not what we thought it was and couldn't even beat a depleted Denver nuggets team in the first round. And then 2022, um, it was a carbon copy except for injuries took over and it was a tank fest tank. It was a dumpster fire for the second half of the season. Like, I don't know about you, Sage. I just want to watch some, some fun basketball. I would so, like to watch Blazers basketball where I'm not incentivized to play 2k while I watch Blazers basketball, because 
the Blazers basketball is. I don't want to watch Brandon Williams ever play basketball again. Like, <laughs> like no offense, but yeah, we don't want to be watching Calvin Blevins. Like, yeah, like I, I, I don't expect us to. I think the tanking experiment is done now, and we're gonna play some competitive. I want to see us play with heart because I don't think we played with heart for a very long time. Do we have any more questions? predictions? Nope. Oh, all right. Are we going? We're going fifteen one. One is to one. All right. Fifteen to one. Western Conference. I will let you do us the honors. Who do you think will be bringing up that rear, dragging that wagon in the West? So, I feel like the Spurs are the worst team because they don't have. They only have one point guard, and they have no adults. They have no adults. This is how many adults they have. Popovich is. Popovich is really, really, really transcendently good. Do you forget how bad he was? He was okay with being for that Duncan draft. Sure. David Robinson, David Robinson went out. They won like seventeen games, bro. Not even. I, 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 I not really... even the 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 Juan Dixon, Steve Blake, Ser, Sergey Manya, Victor Kriapa Trailblazers won seventeen games. They I, mean, I guess. Two. I guess Pop might be with. Pop I mean, they had to let Pop team. know. Hey, we're going to trade your superstar. I, I I can't put them at fifteen, so I put the Houston Rockets. But here Ooh. here here's Ooh. what the I was looking at after I did my list. I put Vegas totals. So Vegas totals has the Rockets at twenty three point five games, uh, twenty three point five games won. Do you think that that is an appropriate uh, amount of games? Would you go high low or is that just perfect? How many did they win last year? Very good question. Like when you get in the low twenty, that that is a you have to be like not only bad but wanting to be bad. Like you have mm-hmm. to just be absolute just hot garb. Because Wikipedia, they were twenty and sixty two, so there would be a five game improvement. I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on the Houston Rockets. So, but would you go high or low? Push. Okay, and I got these. From uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, and they're really difficult for any edge. So, who is your fifteenth ranked team? I have so I I think earlier I said there's four teams that will not make the playoffs. I think there is almost a hundred percent chance that four of these teams will not. Yeah, make the, the, the 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 tanking tier. So it doesn't really matter where I have them ranked. Mm-hmm. We're gonna kind of just run through them pretty quickly, but. I, I put the Spurs at 15 just because they traded DeJounte and they don't really have much to show for it. Like Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, like I, at least the Houston Rockets have a guy like Jalen Green, mm-hmm. Evan Porter Jr. that can maybe carry them to a couple of wins. And they also have J- uh, Jabari Smith. So like they're, they're trying to build a little bit. I don't know if they're going to fully just tank. Like I think the four, bottom four it wouldn't surprise me. Anyway. Yeah, it's interchangeable, but yeah. I, I have the Spurs. I, I mean, Trey Jones is your starting. Yeah, it's real bad. That that that's that's really really bad. They're clearly trying to do something different in San Antonio, hitting the reset button. Uh, I have them fifteen. Who do you have at fourteen? And Vegas has them at twenty three point five wins as well. So I have the Spurs at fourteen. Okay. Yeah, that that's that's totally fair. Um, 14, they're going to suck. Uh, they're going to be garbage water. Even though Devin Vassell is a future superstar. They're going to be hot garbage. Oh, super! I would take out of that. that, that <laughs> I like Devin Vassell. I think he's a good player. 
but he misses good far and too much on that, that is a gap larger than the Grand Canyon. He was my number so. three guy in the draft that we did an exhaustive amount of uh, research on. Uh, number 14, I have the Utah Jazz. I almost <laughs> put them 15. They may have more talent on paper than uh, the San Antonio Spurs, but I have a feeling that culture is going to be garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's a little bit you know what Danny Ainge wants to do there. They, they want to just completely blow it up. They've gotten, they've already gotten rid of Bogdanovich. They, they got rid of Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Royce, Royce O'Neal. I mean, it's only a matter of time before Jordan Clarkson gets moved. Uh, Mike Conley Jr. gets moved. Like I envision there's going to be games where Clarkson probably shoots about like 30 or 35 times. Like him and Colin Sexton are going to be the best worst combo guard pairing ever where they can be hot as hell one day and then miss the easiest pass ever. I forgot they got Colin Sexton. Yeah, that, that's going to be just like... Poor Ochai Baji. Yeah, they, it's just a weird mixed match. Lowry Markinen's on that team. I mean, Walker Kessler. I mean, talk about at least the Spurs. I'm almost talking myself into flip-flopping him, but I already have it written down in my I have it written down, but yeah, like we're doing an excellent job of convincing ourselves that these teams are... Yeah, the, the Jazz, they're they're going to be just discombobulated is, is how I would describe them. Who do you have at 13? I have the Jazz. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's... They're, they're, they're bad. I think that Colin Sexton, if you're into yearly or daily fantasy, he could be explosively good in a late round pick. All he's going to do is score. He can't. He his vision is almost as bad as Ant's. At thirteen, I have the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, they're actually ready to play basketball. I mean, they, I still believe they, in Stephen Silas to be. Yeah, they they kind of did John Wall dirty there just by not letting him play at all. Even he's like, I just want to, I just want to play basketball, guys. And they're like, No, you're going to be too good. Like kind of like we did for Eric Bledsoe, but they did that to John Wall for an entire <laughs> Eric, season. You're going to be too good, bro. Please don't play. Yeah, please, please don't play. Um, I like what they're doing in Houston. I like Shangoon. Uh, they got rid of Christian Wood. Um, they went out and obviously they they, they drafted. They killed the draft. Yeah, they, they got Javari Smith uh, and Tari Eason. Mm-hmm. And they got um, Ty Ty. Ty Ty Washington. Like, they're going to be bad, but they're going to be young. They're going to be fun. I think you're going to want to tune in to watch them play. They're I think a good league pass team. I think this is the the season to see, like, Jalen Green, are you able to put the team on your back in stretches and, and get a couple of wins? Or are you just going to be kind of like a highlight reel, fun player to watch? Like, wh- where is Jalen Green going? Like, what direction is he going to lean towards? That's what I'll be looking forward when I'm thinking of the Houston Rockets. Okay, off topic, but this is what we do. I remember I asked, would you rather have Cole Anthony or Jalen Green? Who would you rather have to start your franchise with? Uh, I think Jalen Green it just has more star potential. Yeah, I think so too. Right? But I think Cole Anthony's got it. Um, I have Oklahoma City at uh, at uh, 12. I do too. Well, I, I, it was going to be in those four slots. Eventually we were going to pick someone that, that that's the same. I just really like Shea Gilders Alexander and Josh Giddy. For Shea's sake, I hope they just actually let him play basketball and stop shutting him down after the All-Star break every single season. I think that's that's disgraceful to do that every single year. And they, they have Trey Mann, who's also a, a good point guard. They have they have some good players. It's just they haven't been they good drafted both Jalen Williams's mm-hmm. um Unfortunately, Chet Holmgren is out for the year. That would have been fun to watch him play in, in the limited action we got. He he showed why he was the number two pick, but um, still clearly, so much time for him to be that superstar that I know he can be. 
So, yeah, that that's a tough tough injury to be to be dealt with. Either he can come back like Joel Embiid, or he could come back like Greg Oden. Like you just don't know whether yeah, these are going to to linger. So that's a bit of a bummer for that that franchise. But now we kind of get into the teams that I think have a legitimate chance at one through eleven could make the playoffs. Could be almost separated by. You know, if we're, if we're talking about certain teams, the, just the variance for these 11 mm. teams is off of the charts. Um, but who do you have at 11? I have the Sacramento Kings who are projected for a 33 win season. I think that they're obviously the worst of the play in type teams. They, I mean, Sabonis at the center is going to give you a set of problems that I don't think it's possible to fix unless you have Miles Turner. Like, I, I don't know how that you can play off him and his his deficiencies as the center and as a defender. I think that the Sacramento Kings are going to run a really fast pace, be a fun offensive team, but they're going to be like the Blazers where they just allow points in every single possession because it, it's, it, it's free. It's free to the rim. You can just take all the paint points that you want with Sabonis at center. So after the Seattle Mariners clinched a wild card berth on a pinch hit walk off home run on on Friday night, the Sacramento Kings are now in the hot seat for the longest active playoff drought over the four major sports. The Mariners had been in there at, since 2001. Kings have not made the playoffs since 2006. Wait, so, is that the Mariner when is that the Ichiro year? The last year that when he was a rookie, well, he, Ichiro was on that team. I think it was yeah. Ichiro's. First, second, or third year. Yeah, he was. It was a very young Ichiro. Yeah, it, and then it, a lot of shitty years. It was a long time ago. So what I'm saying is, I really hope the Kings make the playoffs, and I wanted to put them in the top ten. I just don't, unless significant injuries happen to a couple of teams. I don't see it happening. I do like what they did this offseason. I think Keegan Murray is going to be good for them. He showed the type of player he is capable of by winning summer league MVP. You also have the, the addition of Kevin Herter. Um, they still have Harrison Barnes, like that. They have Fox, Davion Mitchell can, can bring in there that perimeter defense. Like they have a good team. They're starting to go in the right direction. I just, I look at the top 10 and I just, I can't put them in there quite yet. It's tough. I can't, I agree with the 33 win uh, Vegas total. Like I, they, they are better than the, the those four shitters, but they are not competing with some of those teams in the West. See, I think they're going to win more than thirty three. So you would gonna, you would go the over on that one? I would too, but I think it's going to be like I think it was two thousand seven, two thousand eight, when it took almost fifty wins just to make this back when it was the top eight to make the playoffs. Like you had to win a lot to get in the Western Conference mm. playoffs. Uh, Portland was a surprise team and went 41 and 41 and missed the playoffs by a few spots. So I think you're going to have to sniff 500 to make even the top 10. But now that we are talking about the top 10, who do you have at number 10 this year, Sage? So this is where I disagree with the Vegas totals a lot. I have the Minnesota Timberwolves because I truly don't, I don't know how Rudy Gobert and Cat are going to work as the four or five. And you gave up a lot of assets to get Rudy Gobert and I'm not sure about the fit, so I put them at a at ten. But Vegas seems to love them at 48.5 wins. So maybe I'm just wrong here, but I I just don't understand the fit. Like you have D'Lo, you have Ant, you have I don't know who the three is going to be, but 
that pairing of four and five is just so weird where like I I just don't know if it's gonna work. So that's why I put them at 10. At I I've I when I get to the Tim Rolfs, I, I have similar thoughts as as well. Uh at 10, I have the Dallas Mavericks. Ooh. Um, I feel like the Mavericks are a team that really took a step backwards this offseason when they really needed to go forward. You know, after making the the conference finals, that historic game seven, taking down the the mighty Phoenix Suns, you know, Luca becoming basically the next face of the the NBA. And you add Christian Wood, which I like. They only gave up a first gender though. I still think he's going to be marvelous with Luke. like Luca is going Offensively, to be, he's going to be fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. Losing their second best player in Jalen Brunson for absolutely nothing, not doing any other additions. Yes, you do get Tim Hardaway Jr. back. I, I have a feeling Luca is on that same early Cleveland Cavaliers path as LeBron James, where he's just not going to have any help. And I just don't think he's as good of a defender as LeBron like he's he's up there offensively playmaking you as think a Spencer LeBron. Dinwiddie's gonna do provide a lot of what uh Brunson's gonna do but the problem was they were so good together yeah, yeah I know whole three so it's not enough like I, I think they're gonna I think they had to rely on Josh Green to be a good basketball player and I don't yeah, know if, if you're relying possible. on Josh Green I like my number 10 pick for the Dallas Mavericks yeah I just don't know defensively where they're going to get their stops um you can't let Luca dribble the ball into oblivion, which has caused a rift between his teammates in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I losing Jalen Brunson, I think, was a a massive blow for the Mavericks, who had so much momentum, and I think they just kind of ran into a brick wall right there. Uh, who do you have at number nine? The Portland Trailblazers. I I have questions. I I, I feel like. If we run the sim a sim of the Blazer season, I think nine is going to be a very popular spot that we land in. There's a lot of good teams in the league, man. Um, and I think that we haven't addressed the spacing issue. So I think that that's going to be a, a, a thing that haunts us the entire year is it, we're going to, as of right this second, we're going to make Damian Lillard's life harder than it, than those other superstars in the league. Like I, Trey Young it gets supported so much better than Damian Lillard has in his entire career of making his life easier. So this is just another year of we have talented players. Yes. Do they fit with Damian? I'm not convinced of that. And the Vegas have the Blazers at 39.5 wins. So what do you think of that win total? You're muted. Uh, I would take the over. Okay. I, I would too. Um, and you're not wrong. I, I had a really hard time placing the Trailblazers as well. Um, really, six through ten, what was difficult mm. for me. I feel like thirteen, the West is kind of in tears a little bit. Um, but the team I have at, at number nine, maybe outside of the Blazers, or even including Blazers, has the highest variance of where I could see them landing, and it's the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, I would. I, I agree with you. I, well, honestly, I had 14 teams for the longest time on my list. I was like, who the fuck is the 15th team that, oh, it's the LA Lakers. I forgot where they, I, I should put them. I, I, I forgot I they existed. If you're playing 2K, yeah, the Lakers are going to be good. What? What? It's not 2K. It's, it's real life. It's an 82-game grind. 
Yes. Real personalities still, exist in real life. We still have LeBron James, but LeBron James is turning 38 years old in like two months. Anthony Davis has never been a healthy participant. Anthony Davis, I, I don't think, is capable of carrying a franchise. Um, this three-point guard deal they're doing with Schroeder, Pat Bev, Russell Westbrook. like That's just a whole bunch of mid. And I, I, I hate saying that Russell Westbrook is mid, but in this mid. point of his career, he's yeah. mid. I mean, Russell Westbrook has made me money for years. I love Russell Westbrook. But on this team, with this lack of shooter, like who's who's shooting the ball well on this team? And that's where I say the variance pops up because I think if the Lakers were smart and they would move a couple of picks, you have you still have LeBron in AD. Like that, that's why. If you could go out, well, they and don't have picks because they traded them all for. They eight. could trade the twenty-seven and twenty-nine yeah. picks, and they were in talks with Indiana. Like, get yourself buddy a buddy healed. Mm-hmm. Get yourself a Miles Turner. Now you've got yourself a fucking squad that I think is probably the best team in the West. So that that's they're very close to being upper echelon. But as it's currently yeah, on October second, I I don't like this team. I don't like how the, how they are constructed. I don't like the spacing, the lack of shooting. I still think LeBron's going to have to do everything. Like they have lost a lot from that championship team. When whether you're talking about Contavious Caldwell Pope, Kyle Kuzma, Alex Caruso, like. They, 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 two years of LeBron, like Anthony Davis played the best he's ever played. And now he kind of really, he just has completely regressed. Well, that the degenerative Achilles injuries, like it's not being talked about enough. Yeah. But it's, I think Darvin Ham's a legitimately good coach. Did you, I, I was on TikTok and somehow the Lake, a, a, a Lakers TikTok appeared on my feed. Guess what his favorite album of all time is? Reasonable doubt. Paid in full by Eric B. and Rakim. Oh, all right. Okay. So, I Dar I believe in Darvin Ham because of that, and I, I, my I didn't want the Blazers to get Darvin because I, he's going to use the strategies that work. He's not going to be creative and build the scheme out with players at hand. He's just going to use what's out there that works and use it. Charles Lee would have made things so much better. But who do you have at number eight? The New Orleans Pelicans. Okay. But, uh, I think I think that That's I, I, I don't know how it's gonna, I don't know how it's gonna work with Zion, BI, and CJ like beautifully. Maybe it could be. It's gonna be you're you're in for some gorgeous basketball this year. That's maybe. all I will say. That's all mm-hmm. I will say. I, I worry about our spacing because who shoots threes besides CJ? So it, it, it's good. I think there are it, different ways to win in the NBA if you have the right players, though. That's all. I have never seen it. I, I, I I'm, I'm putting us a date. It's fun. Okay. Like, I'm okay. gonna watch as many games as I possibly can. I think it's gonna be fun basketball, but I think that I might be bitching about spacing. Okay. Um, at the eighth spot, um, I think this team is in line for a letdown this year. Um, think of it maybe the Blazers post-Western Conference Finals, um, teams that have kind of maybe made surprise runs in the past, Utah with Darren Williams and Boozer, um, the Memphis Grizzlies I have at number eight. I They won last year with John Morant injured quite a bit, but that's because they had Tyus Jones and they still played really strong defense. They they surprised a lot of folks. 
Isn't Jaron really hurt? They are really going to miss Jaron Jackson Jr., who was out for at least the first two months of the season. That just means um, Xavier Tillman's going to rock the spot. Yeah, that's just not what the, the Grizzlies are looking to do uh, at all. They they gave Steven Adams just a big extension. And a big old if, extension. If you watch the playoffs against Golden State, he wasn't even starting. It was Brandon, right? Yeah, or Tillman. Like they, they completely played Steven Adams out of the, the playoffs. And so I think he's a regular season guy. He's a regular season guy. Um I love good. I so I, I really do. I, I love the Memphis Grizzlies. I love watching them play. I think they're a few grown-ups away from, from really contending. Uh I love the backcourt of John Morant and Desmond Bain. Um I like Zaire Williams. Um I hope he most. takes Dylan my namesake's spot. I think I like I like Dylan Brooks. I he, he gives them that attitude, which what they which which what they play on. But I don't know if he's willing to accept a, a, a lesser, lesser role. role. Bro, did you see how he played basketball with yeah, John Grant absolutely. on the goddamn court? He, um, he thinks he my, is the best player on the team, which is a great mentality to have. But he takes shots away from J- John Morant and and all of those good ass players because yeah. he thinks he's that good. So I think I think there's a a double edged sword with Dylan Brooks where. He's got the mentality, but he also has the mentality that can shoot them out of games. Yeah, I really wonder about their um, interior defense and their ability well, to switch. Especially without JJ. Yeah, I think they're going to get exposed on the defensive end. I think it's going to be an uphill climb. Do they're going to start off. Do you I think, think they'll start that, off slow? Do you think that uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. can be that center? Because I, I think that he's he has some issues dealing with legitimate size. That's why they paid Stephen Adams all that money, but I think when they're actually when they're competing, it's Triple J being the center. I don't think him at center was the reason they didn't beat the Warriors. Like th- they needed just another wing. They needed totally, another... totally, totally. Yeah, I, no, I think I, that there's issue. Like, I mean, he's, he's first got, team all defense. You just, he's, he's, he's got the Jabari Smith syndrome where he's a little too small to be the five, and you know. All right. So, yeah. who, yeah. what number are we on next? Seven. I have the LA Lakers. Okay. Um, it, it it's it's really hard to say LeBron James doesn't make the playoffs, but we've seen it a few times this year in the last few years. So it's like the evidence says that they're not, but it's so hard to count LeBron eighty and what's left of Russell Westbrook out. So put him at seven. I mean, I forgot that they existed on my board. They were my last place team. So like. The last team that I placed, not my last. Yeah, but so I, I don't know. Seven. Again, I'm I'm making a change here right on the fly. I haven't got to it, so I am going to change it. Seven. I'm going to go Minnesota. Um, had them at six. Really hard team to place. I absolutely hate how much they gave. Vegas up has them at six or seven. So yeah, I Vegas. really dislike how much they gave up for Rudy Gobert. He is. A regular season guy, he will improve their defense. I, I, I think that team is just going to get exposed in the postseason. Um, I know we're talking about regular season where where teams land, but I think D'Angelo Russell's the wrong point guard for that team. Um, He's going to take Gobert, usage away from Ant. Yeah, is Rudy Gobert going to? Are you going to run offense for Rudy Gobert? Uh, How and, and is Carl Anthony Towns going to guard those fleet-footed fours that are in the league? Like I can, I could imagine Jeremy Grant dropping twenty five on him. Relative, like it's just gonna be 
get the edge and fucking attack. And then Minnesota is not able to punish teams by going inside. It's going to be lights out. We know Towns wants to stretch the floor, shooting the three. And we know Rudy Gobert traditionally has not been able to take advantage of post-ups against smaller defenders. So why not just go small, spread them out, and just attack? Mm -hmm. I feel like a a smaller athletic four would make Cat incredibly frustrated. Yeah, I just remember Lamar, like a Lamar Odom build would fucking destroy Cat because of the the length and the athleticism. Like I remember Lamar Odom would annoy the absolute shit out of David West. I feel like Cat has those issues in his game where he's not, he doesn't move as well as you really think he does. Like NBA 2K would have you think that he's a, he moves really well. I don't think he particularly moves well for a five, let alone a four. And then I think they lost a lot of intangibles. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt did a lot of dirty work for them. And Pat Bev was the starting three. Jaden McDaniels. Yeah, that doesn't sound sexy. No. So the reason I have them at, at, you know, seven ahead of of Memphis, Jaron Jackson Jr. We obviously don't know what the Lakers are going to do quite yet, but. I think they'll be good enough. I think they're going to be energized. I think Rudy Gobert gives them at least a jolt. I just don't know if that's going to be enough. Uh, Who do you have at six? I have the Dallas Mavericks with 48.5 wins projected. I mean, like we we talked about Luka. I mean, I think that he's going to, he's a generational talent. You can't really keep generational talents that are that big, that strong and know themselves that well out of the playoffs. So I, I think that there's a chance that anyone from, nine to 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 four can finish anywhere but i i, I mean i i have faith in luca to be that all-world basketball player so i have them at six and uh i, I mean vegas loves them i think luca's amazing so i feel i feel good about that one if i'm an opposing coach i basically double luca the entire game I just say if you, you're going to lose some nights with Tim Hardaway Jr. getting hot or Spencer Dinwiddie, but like I don't let Luca dictate how the game is played. Are you like, boxing wanting him the entire box game? Boxing one, you're basically doing what the New Orleans Pelicans did to Dame, but yeah. even higher. Like mm-hmm. you're t- doubling him at half court and just you're taking him completely out of the offense because I don't think they have another player. They don't have a CJ to help no. him out. No. Um, at six, I've got the Trailblazers. Um, it's interesting because and it's kind of tying back to the podcast started in 2015. I was actually really excited about that season. I was, you know, really looking forward to not watching LaMarcus Aldridge take a bunch of turnarounds. And I know he left, but I was like, I, I want to see Dame lead this team. I think they're going to be scrappy. I think they're going to be gritty. And, you know, I was excited what CJ brought after that, that Memphis series and we brought in some some good pieces, and I was like, okay, like let let's let's see. What we can. I was really excited, and they they completely blew the expectations out of the water. Like I think the expectations are a little low right now in Portland. Like I think people kind of forgot that Damian Lillard can can ball. Like mm-hmm. and he's now he's fully healthy, and like he's one of those players. Like he just kind of sits there and listens and takes it in, and he's just like, just wait until I get on the court, and then I will do my talking. Like. I, you know, you see some of these player ranks and you see some guys ahead of him. Like, I, I don't think Dame's the best player in the league, but I think he's better than some of the dudes that are being ranked ahead of him. Just like, I know he had a down year, but 
I think he is going to be that straw that we didn't that see Damian Lillard play one time last year, bro. He was not he had, Damian. He had like one game against the Clips when he had like forty, but that was it. That, that, that one game out of however many he played, it, like Damian Lillard took an off year last year. Like remember when Steph did it? Like that that like, could be what that what it is for Dame. Like you shouldn't you shouldn't use last year as a. Uh, a measuring Lumber. stick for what he can and cannot do on the basketball court. Like you talk about Luca being able to kind of propel teams. Healthy Damian Lillard gets the Blazers into the playoffs every single year. Mm-hmm. Healthy Damian Lillard has them fighting for home court advantage every single year. Um, I, I I just like some of the players that they have added. I, I like Josh Hart quite a bit. Um, I'm interested to see how they work with with Jeremy Grant. Um, just even just a respectable power forward, which Portland just hasn't had for the longest time. We either had to deal with Robert Covington, who almost refused to shoot the basketball, or Alfreda Minu, who was basically begged by the opposition to shoot the basketball sure, during some times. But so Sarah loves it, him, so he, he was fantastic for us. Mm-hmm. But Jeremy Grant's the best power forward we've had since Lamarcus Mark, Aldridge. Yeah. So you know, I'm interested to see like. You know, obviously a lot hinges on health. Like Nurk has to stay healthy and a lot hinges on his performance as well. But like, I'm really excited to see Nasir Little. I think this is going to be his breakthrough year. Uh, you know, knock on wood that he stays healthy. And then I want to see Gary Payton the second get out there. Like I loved what he did for Golden State. He can play one through five. If Golden State can make it work with two non-shooters on the floor, the, the blueprint's there. The Portland coaching staff needs to make it work too. Like, I, but Gary, I really... Gary hit from corner threes, so yeah. it wasn't like he was a Draymond. You just let shoot. But if yeah. Gary Payton was chilling in the corner, I, I I had faith that he when Gary Payton was good, Gary Payton hit that corner three at a good. And if, if Portland ends number six, like I think that's a huge. Oh, that's success. such a that's such a dubsky. So that's that's who I have um, at six. Who do you have at five? I have the Memphis Grizzlies, but. I didn't really think about the Jaron Jackson injury being such a negative for him. So he was first team all defense. He was he's a humongous part of that team. I think he was the blocks leader too. He's probably the fouls leader for a minute too, but he is he's a great player. And uh, even though I love Xavier Tillman and I drive the Xavier Tillman uh, fan bus, going from Jaron Jackson Jr. to Xavier or Brandon Clark, huge downgrade. So if I, you know, I wasn't really on my NBA stuff when I wrote this four days ago. I am now. I don't feel great about the four seed, but I have it written down, or the five seed. So I have it written down, and it was written like Nas said. Boom. So if we were doing this, I had these predictions written out quite a bit ago, and this team I had number one. I dropped them down to five. The vibes are bad. Phoenix Suns. Okay. No, you've totally got, understandable. You've got DeAndre Ayton, who said he hasn't spoken to Monty Williams since game seven. You had DeAndre Ayton, who was in countless trade rumors. Were they getting Kevin Durant? Were they not getting Kevin Durant? You've got Jay Crowder, who was, who was a big part of their finals run and NBA uh, regular season record le- leading team. Basically saying, I'm out. Like I, There's rumors that said they were going to start Cam Johnson. He's like, nope, I, I want to start. And now he is holding out of, or the, they, the two sides have said, you can, you know, don't report to training camp. We'll find you another spot. I mean, Jay Crowder is a heart and soul type of basketball player. Like Marquette just breeds those players, like mm-hmm. look no further than Jimmy Butler and, and Wesley Matthews. 
And you've got another year of Chris Paul getting up there. And I, you also have all of these, you know, Robert Sarver. Um, oh, it's total bad out. vibes. Yeah. And then you have sponsors saying, I'm out unless Robert Sarver resigns. And it's just you, everything in Phoenix just feels like their window just shut. Like they had that two, two year opening and it's just, it's gone. And they don't really have the assets to go out and, and get who, who they but want. They need, yeah. And I, I think it's a, a team that's kind of cursed. You know, when you're a really good team, but you just can't quite get over the hump, like you kind of start to get, get annoyed with some players or you just, you just, mm-hmm. it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Like they just can't quite get there. And you saw it with the James Harden Rockets, you know, you, you've seen it with, with a few teams in the past and they just, they just break up. Um, I, I think this is the last year of Phoenix being in contention. I don't know how much Chris Paul honestly has left in, in the tank. I mean, we, you've just, you've just seen it time and time again. Like it's unfortunate because I do like that core they have, but the, their management really, and then you have James Jones saying he doesn't really even give a shit about the draft, which is just stupendously stupid. Devin uh, Booker was a low late lottery pick, late lottery pick. Like, come on, bro. You built yeah. your team through, Savvy drafting. And so I, I just, I feel like their window shut. They missed out an opportunity to draft Tyrese Halliburton, who would have been a perfect successor to, mm-hmm. to Chris Paul. They didn't offer Jalen Smith the, the tender, so they lost him for absolutely nothing. They just, they haven't brought anybody. It's the same core, and it's 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 not good enough. Luca wrecked them. One, one person wrecked him. I have never seen a team play that shitty in an elimination game. It was, it was on the line. It was, it was one of the worst all-time performances. I just don't know how you rebound from that after you blew a 2-0 lead against the Bucks the year prior in the finals. Like that is a lot to come back from. Speaking as a Blazer fan, I know that 91 heartbreak to the Lakers, it took a lot out of them. Yeah, they made it back to the finals in 92, but that's all they had left. Mm-hmm. Like it takes so much out of you to make these runs and I think you know the, the the Cinderella, you know, time time's kind of running out on on Phoenix. So I have them at five, um, especially after the media day vibes. I have them at four. I I mean it, the you're gonna see in my predictions that if you don't have good vibes in the locker room, you're not gonna make it to the the ultimate goal. So that's why I don't have Celtics or Brooklyn making it to the finals. So um yeah i i like you like all the things that you said there's a lot of benefits to having the suns team they're well coached they have great players chris paul's my provided me the most joy out of any player i've ever watched play basketball but he's getting up there he's a small guard in a league that just absolutely abuses small guards now that is that that, like that that is he's getting targeted by teams now on defense and i never thought that would happen the the vibes are bad it would not surprise me if they were higher than four but it wouldn't surprise me if they regressed worse than four at four i have uh the golden state warriors is it because they Um, don't give a shit about regular season that's one of the reasons. Okay. Yeah, I think they are definitely are. I think they're a top three team in the West, but you know, I think they're definitely going to pace Steph. They're going to pace uh, Clay. They obviously pace Draymond Green. 
and again, it's they're not the Warriors of the middle part of the decade. Like I think they had a really great rebound year, but they lost some pieces. You know, Gary Payton the second was was one of them, and I. I don't, it's like I said, it's really hard to repeat. So now you've got teams that are even more hungry. Are they going to be as hungry as, as they were? Um, It's, it's kind of a a tough read for me, but it's so hard to, to, to repeat. And they didn't obviously add Kevin Durant this time around. They actually had to lose a a couple of players. Like Iguodala is basically just there for, you know, just to be a, a moral support. Yeah, exactly. Um, like how much does Draymond have have left in, in in that tank? Like he's. Do you believe in the rookies or the young players like uh, Kuminga and Moody? I was I was about to say his nickname, but yes, Kuminga mm-hmm. and Moody and James, James Wiseman. Yeah, James, there's just a lot of questions. Like I think I think they they could be really good. Um, I think that people assume that James Wiseman is what Jalen Duran is. No, like. I think Wiseman's just big. Duran's like special athlete. <laughs> so yeah, Penny has a type. Penny Hardaway has a type of big. So there's a chance that James Wiseman's good. I don't believe it, but I think I believe in Moses Moody to be good. I believe in Ryan Rollins to be good. I believe in Pat Baldwin to be good. Like there's players that are coming up that could take on some roles for him. That's why I have them higher, but I absolutely could see your point in how it happens. Uh, who do you have at three? I have the Denver Nuggets. Um, They're finally getting Jamal Murray back. They're finally getting healthy players coming in. They've done so like, – Jokic has carried that team so much from like them being a competitive team when he was on the court to being the absolute worst team ever when he's off the court to have his – star point guard coming back to have uh mpj coming back i, I mean i i believe that those core pieces if healthy can help that team and propel that team to a higher height so if if everybody's good and healthy and ready to come back and compete i i have them i have them there what about you the three i have the clippers now, I think the Clippers are the best team in the Western Conference, but the Clippers are also notorious for not playing all the games. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you are going to have to take it slow with Kawhi Leonard. Um, they're going to be cautious with Paul. with um, Paul George. But man, I think that I have them is, at one. To it's it's now or never split. for the Clippers. Like the, the roster is never going to be better. You have you know Norman Powell and Robert Covington and. John Wall, uh, you know, Zubach, like Eric, uh, uh, no, uh, shit. Who's the small point guard from Boston Colleges that is good? Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson. I forgot he went, yeah, he did go to Boston. Yeah, they got Reggie Jackson. Like they, I forget names. I remember weird statistics and things about them. They have probably the best coach in the Western Conference. I think their staff is the best uh, coach team. This, This is the team. I think they'll finish third because they don't give a shit about the regular season, but this is, this is the best team in, in the West. So they have a 52.5 uh, win total. Do you think that's right online with what, or do you that's go really low for the third seed? In my opinion, like that's really Vegas has them number one in the West, but it's, it's so hard because like teams in the NBA, they just don't value the regular season anymore. So, Bro, they, they... so... Timberwolves are 48.5 win total. The Clippers are the best with a 52.5. Yeah. 
if 50 it's it'd be disgusting if 52 wins wins the western conference like that's just disgusting like let's try and play our players folks um who do you have at number two i have the golden state warriors i mean i i think that they're just a very well coached very efficient organization that utilizes their players to benefit them the most i think they're fantastic i think to spoil it i think they're gonna be the western conference uh team in the finals i think they're really well coached so having them at two i think there's gonna be games where they're just like you know what right you know what jordan Poole and ryan rollins you're running the show this game because we don't necessarily care about winning these games but we're probably gonna win them because we're so good you ready for this, H? Yeah, I've noticed that one There's team, a certain that team I, I've been leaving off. I know. At number two, I have your New Orleans Pelicans. I, I think I, this, I, I, this, I, I, this I is the Memphis Grizzlies of 2022 2023. I've been There's hurt be so much, Dustin. I, I, I just don't believe it. There's going to be a team that is going to surprise. Me- Memphis did it last year. Like, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just what it is. It's going to be the New Orleans Pelicans. They have a floor leader in CJ McCollum. Yes, he is a shooting guard, but he is going to He's be the, the point only, guard, bro. He is the only ball handler that's going to get them in the offense. Yes, Brandon can handle the ball, but he's going to accept. Bi is getting leader. his own. He ain't. He isn't setting up as much as CJ will. Brandon Ingram, I think, is is ready for another All Star caliber season. You have the defense in Herb Jones, which I think is so key with all of the fantastic wings in the NBA. And then Zion coming in in shape, like, yes, you have, I I understand all of your questions with spacing. I understand all of them with potentially rebounding as as well. And how does he look defensively? But if Zion's engaged, engaged Zion Williamson is something the NBA has no answer for. Yes. That's, that's the bottom line. And I think getting CJ McCollum added some stability to that franchise. And him signing a contract too. Got him an extension. And I think he kind of got Zion in, into shape as well. It's like, hey, we're not fucking around here. Like, do you want to make more money? Like, do you want to like and I, I think Doggy, that, I don't know how the hell he got that extension. He doesn't deserve that extension because he didn't play. I don't no. know how he got it. Well. Probably talk to CJ and you see you need to start doing but, this because he did remember the year he got the all-star bid. He didn't get third team all NBA. Julius Randall did. that should have negatively affected his ability to make money at that supermax level. Don't know how he did it, but whatever. I'm not complaining. I think the Pelicans are going to be an absolute force this year. I think coaches are they are your gonna... league pass team this year. If I had league pass, yeah. Like I I that if if we're looking just Western Conference, like watchability, um Memphis, New Orleans, and you know what? Sacramento. Outside of Portland, those are the three teams I would be excited to watch. Um I yeah, I, I am all aboard uh New Orleans. I, I think what they present on the offensive end of the floor is going to keep coaches up at night. Like this isn't this a playoff series where you have days of prep and planning. It's you're on the fourth game of in seven nights and you've got to deal with Zion, BI and CJ. Yeah. Good fucking luck. Like it's, I it's think Trey Murphy could 
be a real, real yes, impact player. Absolutely. That's why I was upset he wasn't included in the McCollum trade. I really wanted Trey Murphy. I think he mm. can stretch the floor. Um, yeah, I really like uh, New Orleans. Um, you have the Clippers at one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they're the best team. So you're I think they're the best team. Yeah. Any qualms for me? I have the Denver Nuggets at one. Totally I understand it. Totally they are a team. It. Clearly, they have Jokic, the back-to-back uh, reigning MVP, but they're getting some of their horses back. They mm-hmm. want that home court advantage. They want you to have to come to uh, Denver, Denver yeah. for a game seven. I mean, you're not, you might not be able to be like Portland in silence that crowd which we did a couple of years ago but they're gonna want it that. just showed how in shape dame and cj were yeah i mean exactly like you you still want that advantage um a healthy michael porter jr is a problem offensively jamal murray if he can regain his his form is a potential all-star i don't love giving up monte morris and will barton for contavious caldwell pope and ish smith it is what it is. It's more of Jokic actually getting some pieces back. That's like okay. I mean, they, they're so much more improved than the last year's poopy ass team outside of Jokic. Who do you have in the West Western Conference Finals, and who do you have in the Eastern Conference Finals? I have to make up. I think it's going to be the Bucks, Golden State Warriors in the finals. But who do you have in the Conference Finals? Ah, uh, I have to make it up right now. Um, I think it's Clippers Warriors. In the West, uh, I didn't really think about the East as much. So I think the Bucks versus I don't want to I don't want to uh, I don't want to forget about the negative vibes of Brooklyn or Celtics. So it's tough. Like I think it's Milwaukee versus Brooklyn, where Milwaukee wins. What about you? You have Milwaukee winning the championship. I, I think, yeah, I think Drew and, and Giannis and Chris get one more. In the East, I have Milwaukee as well. I have them facing Cleveland. I, I, so it, here's why. Because you didn't want to reward Brooklyn for the shit they pulled this summer? Well, one, Brooklyn's not good enough. Like, I just, I, and I, yeah, we talk about bad vibes. Like, I think Kyrie is going to drive everyone freaking okay. crazy yeah. um, by basically Thanksgiving. Um, who knows? Ben Simmons hasn't played basketball in like two years. Like, what wh- are they getting there? Um, it just seems like a, just a shit show in Brooklyn, Chicago. Lonzo can't stay. He's coming back for a while. Um, Boston just again talk bad about vibe central, bad, bro. Bad vibe central. Like that. Robert Williams is going to be sidelined for four to six he, weeks. He, I think people underestimate how fa- fabulous he is. As he's very, player. he's very valuable. Um. I am never going to pick Philly until they actually prove it. Like, oh, that should have been what my choose. Talk about a team trying to get over the hump and just can't do it. I don't like the makeup of that team whatsoever. Um, I love what Cleveland is doing. They have size. They have defense. They have scoring. They have guards. They have forwards. I mean, you, they, they they have a – what Cleveland has is they have a core that is young, but they also know, I think – the pecking order. Like it, it may be Donovan this year, but he knows Evan Mobley's coming for that. And they also found. So when Colin Sexton went down, Darius Garland went, went up like his <laughs> production, like they, they knew those two wouldn't work. So, so they went out and got someone. The Donovan, like Donovan. Mitchell to, to upgrade. Yeah, from Colin. That, that, that is a nice boost. Yeah. 
mean, Donovan gets to play with probably the best supporting cast that he that he has. He doesn't have to do everything. Like, obviously, I I love Evan Mobley. I I really love what um, Evan Mobley is the reason that he's changing basketball. Yeah. Jared Allen is he actually can play. Yeah. That's why I was excited about Chet. He can play with a real center. And it was yeah. all because of uh Evan Mobley breaking the mold of seven foot dude that doesn't need to be center, is skilled enough to be the four or the five. So yeah, I, I, I Evan Mobley's the best prospect since Anthony Davis as as a big. Yeah. That, in, that 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 draft was absolutely insane with the uh, top tier talent. In the West, I have the Clippers versus the Nuggets, and I have I have um, it's I have the Clippers going to the finals. I have them meeting the Bucks. I got Milwaukee. I'm not. I'll take. I, I just don't. I I I recognize that the Clippers are fucking excellent. I also recognize that they've blown a lot of opportunities in there. They have. When, I, I think they'll get there. I just, I, I love Giannis. Giannis is just so special. Yeah, like, real, I, if, I couldn't, I couldn't, in my mind, wrap my head around them winning a championship with how they've faltered in clutch moments. And yeah. I know that this is the perfect opportunity for them to prove that they, they are winners, but. It is what it is. All right, Sage, we've been at this for, for quite a long time. This is um, a two-hour beast mode. This I is think. a beast. Holy Backboard is back. Um, preseason is underway. It kicks off uh, tomorrow in Seattle against the Los Angeles Clippers. It'll be the first of five preseason games. Is it televised? Uh, I Not on the Blazer broadcast, but I think the Clippers are broadcasting it. So if you're a, a sleuth online, you'll be able to figure out which, <laughs> where to... Yeah, to, to, to view that uh, basketball game. Then they play the Jazz on the 4th. They play um, a, not an NBA team on the 6th, which is Thursday. <laughs> then they go to the Bay Area Sunday the 9th at the Kings and Tuesday the 11th at the Warriors. And then before you know it, Sage, it will be um, – we'll have basketball. We'll have real basketball in a couple of weeks. And so – It'll be interesting to see uh, how the Blazers look in preseason. How much... they, they've been, they're like super duper vanilla, right? Probably, you know, Gary Payton II will be ready for the regular season. He will not play preseason. Or Shaden what Sharp. Really, what I'm really looking for. Yeah, I want to see Shaden. I want to see Nasir. I want to see Keon Johnson. Like, I just want to see Jabari Walker get some run. Jabari Walker. Yeah, I want to see, you know, get, get some sweat and just see how they look together. Like, you could go five and zero. Oh, you could go zero oh and five. That, that doesn't really not matter. Me. Like, let's matter. just stay healthy. Does and, Damian Lillard uh, play? Yes, absolutely. You have to play preseason, but not real rotate. He's no. just getting that not, not a nice light. I think sweat. what coaches have done in the past is the second to last preseason game they'll do a real rotation. But you shouldn't expect anything those first few games. Probably just a little bit, but not. I I would minimize it. All right, are we oh, wrapping this bad boy let's up? Let's wrap this one up, right. Sage. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Himalaya Podcast, and anywhere else that you get your podcast that I did not mention, we are there. So tell a friend to tell a friend that the Holy Backboard is back. 308 episodes, eight years of our lives has been dedicated to this podcast, and we're not going anywhere. Wherever you may be, this is Bill Shinley. 
Good night, everybody. Let's go!